Welcome back for part two of this episode of Vibes, Moods, and Moves, the podcast for creative minds, real questions, and real conversations already in progress. Okay, so I can't even remember how young I was. I had to be pretty young because my parents used to watch this show religiously every Sunday on ABC, Channel 7 in New York. And uh, it was just a part of life. It was like you didn't go out for the day until you had finished watching. (laughs) And that was just the way it was. And it was while watching this show that, like I said, I got introduced to uh, Ruby Dee and Ozzie Davis. For those of you who don't know those names, shame on you. Um, Especially if you're black and you're here in the States. Now for the rest of y'all, I'm gonna give you a pass. you know, but I do want you to look into who these two amazing people were. They were a couple, they were married, but they were um, in their own individual spaces, were powerhouse, award-winning, trailblazing black actors. But they were also activists. And during their time, especially during the civil rights era, you could guarantee you were going to see them front and center no entourage, no special security. They were out there pushing, fighting for the cause, for their people, our people, my people. And, you know, yeah, I'd seen them on screen, you know, um, but I didn't know. Still, I was very young. I would say probably like six, around six, seven, when I really sat and watched the two of them talk and talk about life talk about real things, talk about politics, talk about our community. And I was just like, wow. And so moving forward with the rest of my life, and then of course, being the child that I was, I would ask, you know, if I was up under my mom that day or rolling with my dad, I would ask either one of them, who's that? What about them? And da da da, 50 million questions. And they would further educate me. That's how it went. But I remember that moment. I remember that when it registered for me, Wow, they're beautiful. And listen to the way they speak. You know, and from what I could comprehend at that age, I knew they were speaking truth because it was a very similar truth to what I heard in discussions amongst the adults and the elders in my family and and the people that they engaged with that I was exposed to. This was a familiar feeling, a familiar tone, a familiar energy, and I loved it. And so I became a lifelong fan until both of them, you know, are no longer with us um, and still remain a fan. But again, I think my fandom for them and why they're heroes of mine, it, it definitely isn't just about the fact that they were, again, stellar, consummate professionals when it came to being artists, but the activism, the intelligence, the eloquence, the grace, That, for me, was why I just absolutely adored them and continued to. But when I sat with that memory, again, like I said, was triggered by me looking into something and then seeing something said by Ozzie Davis. And then I was, after I had written out what I wanted to talk to you guys about, I was online and I Instagram just strolling, trolling, whatever you call it, looking and perusing. And then I saw a reference to them made again. And I was like, yeah, I have to make sure I get that in. And the rest of this too. 
So this is the thing. When all that thought finished tumbling around in my head and I remembered where I saw this, where I had, what, who was the catalyst for that moment, for this little black girl sitting in a living room on the floor, on a pillow, looking up at the TV in Queens, New York, back then, one name and face came ringing through so clearly, along with the show's logo. And it was Gil Noble, like it is. The parade of thinkers, creators, visionaries, revolutionaries that came through that man's show. Again, and who's trying to erase black history as if we're not here? We were never here? I got these constant reminders of how very much so we are here, have been here, and have done much. I remember seeing, and people reference this clip a lot too, the Stokely Carmichael interview. I remember watching that when it originally aired on Like It Is. Like Like It Is was that kind of show that so much of what Gil Noble and his producers and them put together for that show, it's so on point, it is so honest, it is so truthful that media outlets, filmmakers all around the world use that footage, that content still today. The integrity in the work, mission, the stories, I loved sitting there, not just looking up and seeing all these beautiful black faces come through that show, but it was also the fact that whether you agreed, and as I got older and I had some of my own thoughts and feelings on things and understood the world and politics and socio issues, um, I remember thinking, I don't have to agree with everything that these brothers and sisters get up here and say, but damn, I love the fact that they have this platform, this space to speak their truth. More often than not though, the collective messaging was one that we could all rally behind because what it was really about was black excellence before people were calling it black excellence. So I do today call out the name of Gil Noble. Uh, the other for me was this very handsome, astute gentleman who was a news anchor and journalist, you know, duh. Um, and he was over on a channel that's named now is synonymous with fake news. But this, this gentleman, he was an anchor. He was on at night. We saw him on Fox, Fox five in New York, 10 PM. Do you know where your children are? And so we were already comfortable with him. Everybody was comfortable with him. People loved him, but he also had his own show. And it wasn't the first one that he had, but this one in particular, this is the one I grew up knowing. I'm talking about Bill McCreary and the McCreary Report. Mr. McCreary would sit there in his suit, perfectly coiffed, little short Afro. Again, like I said like about LeVar Burton, it was that short Afro and the mustache. Reminded me of my dad. Um, <laughs> It was one of those things, again, where you don't move until you've watched the McCreary Report. And his show covered all the bases, where whether it was getting into uh, economic issues, 
urban center issues and how they affected black folks, um, just social justice issues, just news, news, news that was truth, fact-checked, detailed, and for us. We, we still have people out there trying to do this. And this is where I say, like, you know, as we watch the news and consume the news, this is what I love about the people who get it right, is that, again, for me, my mind had already formed into this notion that, but it's always supposed to be that way. And I, I say this right now because, again, like I said, Bill McCreary and the McCreary Report were on Fox. Let that marinate for a second. And... As a community, we knew that we could also always turn to that show if we really wanted to know what was what. And that I thought was incredibly beautiful. Whether it was, you know, him having, you know, politicians, uh, people of black business, you know, um, like a lot of people from black enterprise and things like that, um, speaking about education, all these things that are important to us too. People keep forgetting. These are things that we value too. All of that, he had it. He had it. And he presented it in such a well thought out, elegant, pristine way. Uh, he too has passed. He passed last year. So I call the name Bill McCreary. That there was another component to the McCreary report that I absolutely lived for every week and that was the like entertainment section and it was this woman when I say flair stylish just chic and she could conduct an interview like nobody's business okay and friends out there if you don't know who she is when I say the name, I want to be clear on this. This was pre-Oprah. And I know a lot of you all think that Oprah Winfrey, you know, as beyond as she is, was like the first black lady on TV that was talking to people and getting people excited about things. Uh, no, she was not the first. There were people out there doing it and doing it with absolute class like Marianne Etoile Watson. Now, she is absolutely still with us. And from what I gathered, from what I could gather, uh, she's still doing the damn thing. This lady uh, is a performer herself. Um, she had been in things like Hair and a couple of the uh, Broadway shows. Um, so she, she just was, she reminded me of people I knew just very self-possessed, self-aware, and intelligent, and, and unafraid to talk to people and allow them to tell their stories and to be all of their fabulousness. But to do that, you have to be able to get out of your own grand fabulousness and allow their grand fabulousness to shine. And she was the epitome of being excellent at doing this. So... I have to shout her out, Marianne Etoile Watson. Now, the other thing where she's concerned that you, you hear me pitching up, I get excited, is because during her segments, whether she was talking to uh, people like Ashford and Simpson or uh, Alvin Ailey 
or uh, Judith Jamison. I don't know. I just have to say the both of them together. <laughs> um, or, you know, uh, oh gosh, actor, choreographer, uh, performer, overall, you know, quadruple threat, you know, Gregory Hines or Hidden Battle. Like all of these names that I remember from my childhood as people that I watched perform on stage or I saw them in movies or I was listening to their records or all of that. She had this beautiful way of just, you know, presenting them. But the beautiful thing is they were so warm and open when they would talk with her that we, the viewer, got to really get to know them and fall in love with them and look forward to seeing them. And I just always thought that that's what, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. And she, to me, will forever be the queen of the entertainment interview and grand lady of chic. Um, I got my first lessons about interviewing people watching Marianne Etoile Watson uh, and was inspired as a performing arts child a lot by the people that sat down or she went to go and sit down with watching them also have their moment and show the world you know, who they are and how fabulous and amazing and powerful they are with their craft. And the thing is, if you think about those names that I just rattled off to you, they impact, they had impact. They affected change through their work. And I think when I first started paying attention to that was again, those artists, those journalists, that was the beginning for me of, I want to do something in that arena. I want to be them or I want to be of mission. I want to be, yes, entertaining and engaging, but I want to have something to say. And yes, I want to say it to everybody, but I absolutely want to say it to my people and I want to represent them in a way that they can be proud of the way I'm proud of these people. So one more time, Ruby D, Ozzy Davis, Gil Noble, Bill McCreary, Mary Natoile Watson, those who are no longer with us, those who remain. This little black girl from Queens, New York says thank you for being a part of my black history experience, of my early education and inspiration. Thank you. So I hope you guys go and look into them. I'm gonna add links to everybody I mentioned and understand that that's the headspace that I was in this Black History Month while a lot of other stuff was going on, was put it in the work. Um, know yourself. Don't let anybody rob you of your story, of your history, your truth. In the big sense or the small one, you're immediate, that's yours. You're entitled to it and you're entitled to fight for it and protect it. And it's yours to use in your work if you feel you can add to the choir of people saying, we're here, we have something to say, and we will not be ignored. Let's get out there and put this stuff, all of it, in the work, affect change, and maybe, just maybe, be beacons to others, our contemporaries, as well as the ones behind us because there were people in front of us that definitely made a way so that I could sit here and do this 
and y'all out there doing whatever y'all do, you can do what you do. That's, that's my position this Black History Month. That kind of reflection, that kind of conversation. And I hope that you all received it in the spirit in which it was intended. So, uh, you know, thank God I made it. <laughs> I got it done. And um, please know that I, I, I had, to, had to really take some time to pray and think and clarify what kind of energy I wanted to share with you guys at this time in our, uh, our lives where there's so much that, um, you know, is just hot air and nonsense. You know, and there's a time and a place for all of that. I'm just not one of the people that I feel has been divinely assigned to contribute to that right now. Maybe, you know, at another time, at a later date, but for this moment in time, that wasn't what I was meant to do. So I truly do uh, hope that y'all receive this truly in the spirit in which it's intended, which is with love and with absolute gratitude for each one of y'all and a sense of if I could just send out this giant hug. Let us all try to find comfort right now. Let us all try to find our balance amidst this massive imbalance of energies, ideology. Um, it's a lot to process, but we can do this. And I truly do think that as creative people, we have been prepared to do this. This is why we're here. The arts have always had a way of being a part of major changes that have happened throughout history. They are also a way that it's the ultimate archival system. There's so much you can tell about things that have taken place in all four corners because of the art that was created. Let's be a part of people learning from that in the future. Let's hope that, you know, as our signals go out there to the satellites and the radio waves and this ever never ending, you know, black sea of cyberspace that just, you know, reverberates into God knows where. Let's hope that those of us who are creating things that other life forms maybe and future humans, <laughs> hopefully further more evolved than we are, will come across and, and realize they weren't that bad. They weren't that reckless. They weren't that messed up. You know, they were doing the best they could. I want to be a part of the voice and vibe of that, that people can stumble across in the future and see, you know, um, that we had thoughts, we had feelings. We didn't always get it right. We were, we were, you know, flawed, but we were beautifully human. And for the most part, the majority of humans on this planet really only wanted peace. And we really only wanted to connect with other humans in the best possible ways. Um, that's what I'm also talking about when I say put it in the work. Put the best of you, your strength, the you that you meet in the work, share it. Because I promise you, there's going to be definitely more than one person out there who it's going to resonate with. You never know what kind of change, positive, powerful change you can affect by putting it in the work. Let's get to work, y'all. We got a lot to do. 
All right, so thank you so much for riding with me this season, season two of Vibes, Moods, and Moves, the podcast for creative minds, real questions and real conversations. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you so much, I thank you. Um, If you are into it, whether you've done so or not, over on Apple Podcasts or on Amazon Music, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And if you really felt the show, please go ahead and give me some stars. I like shiny things. Rate the show. If you want to connect, you can do that over on Instagram at Vibes Moods Moves. Please watch that space because during this downtime between now and the kickoff of season three, I'm going to be making some changes across the board. That's here as well as over on VMM Soundcheck. Are you sound on Mixcloud? Again, if you're into it, go over, listen, check it out. I will not be doing another good stuff list because I don't have to. I'm sharing right out in the open with you guys some of the music um, that I've favorited. <laughs> so if you want to know what I'm listening to um, that I'm really enjoying, you can go and check that favorite section of the profile over on VMNM. I would have shared with you guys my listens, but honestly, I listen across two accounts, one under the show and one that's personal. And no, it is not under my name. So don't come for me. Don't look for me. Um, boundaries. But seriously, so my plays would have been a mess and would not make sense next to the favorites that I have there. But um, so the favorites really do represent a lot of the stuff that I'm into. And if you remember what the good stuff list was about season one, it was about sharing things that during troubling times I found were uplifting and inspiring to me. And that's exactly what I'm sharing with you guys on that favorites list. So whether you decide to follow the show over there or not, you can um, go see and check out some really cool DJs and and people who compile and do sound experiments and the podcasts. Get into it. It's good stuff. That is good stuff. I will also be moving the mental health resource section of the good stuff list more forward, probably on a blog. So I want you guys to watch that space over on my website, www.janaejordan.com, um, for updates on that. We're going through a lot. And I said it back then, I just want to make sure that we all make it through to the other side of whatever this is and that we're okay. And if you're not okay, help is there. Do not think you have to go through it alone. So whether it is mental health, stress, and you're overwhelmed, whether it is drug addiction, drug and alcohol addiction problems, if you're someone who's been in recovery and you feel like you're slipping, reach out. There is help there. If it is about... Uh, needing resource information, whether it's for food insecurity, um, housing, I have some resource information there as well. Suicide prevention. My loves, I know there are days when it is so dark that you don't want to get up. I know, I know, but please, nothing is worth that. Stay here with us. And if you feel like you're going into that space, reach out, get that help. And if you know someone who you think is broaching that space, get them the help, okay? I have the information there for that too. Same thing with domestic abuse. I will have information there for that. Along with the pandemic, there has been an epidemic, an uptick in domestic violence. (sighs) Get help. Walk with someone if you feel they need to get, walk with them, help them through. Do not gossip, do not mock. It's serious. Okay, so all that information is there and I'll be adding to it as I vet um, other resource information that's come in. If you know of anything that falls within the realm of that stuff, please hit me up. You can do that at info at Janae Jordan. Um, and what else did I want to say to you guys? But look for that. Check that out. Um, I'm going to be moving it around on my website so that you can get to it easier. Okay. Um, oh God, there's so much, so much that I wanted to say, but you know, time is not on my side right now. And, uh, So let me leave you guys with this. Again, thank you for this season two. I appreciate you, every single one of you. Um, I pray that I have, I pray that 
I pray that I reached your hearts, your minds, your souls in the best possible way. And I hope that you are looking forward to uh, checking back in with me for season three because uh, yeah, we're gonna keep this going and uh, better than ever, all right? So God bless and keep you all always, please. Take care of yourselves, be good to you so that you can reach into other people's world and be good to them because good God knows we all need to be being good to each other. Much love, much light, much respect. God bless, seriously, God bless you all. Please be safe. Okay, till next time, peace. Vibes, Moods, and Moves, the podcast for creative minds, real questions, and real conversations was created, directed, edited, produced, executive produced, and hosted by me, Janae Jordan.